You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. I'm Norman Lau, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for December 14th. On this day in 1984, Frank Herbert's Dune premiered worldwide after 13 years of development, rife with uncertainty and instability. With an estimated production budget of $42 million, Dune failed spectacularly at the theaters, grossing a paltry $6 million in the U.S. alone its opening weekend and totaling less than $31 million before it was pulled from the theaters completely, after only a scant five weeks. How did this movie, based off of what has been hailed as the greatest science fiction novel of all time, suffer such a tragedy? Quite frankly, and in the vernacular of Hollywood itself, two words. Development hell. In 1971, Apjack International, helmed by Arthur P. Jacobs, optioned the motion picture rights to Dune with David Lean set to direct. The Oscar award-winning director of Lawrence of Arabia and Dr. Zhivago was the perfect choice to bring Dune to life. However, in 1973, one year before shooting was supposed to begin on David Lean's Dune, Arthur Jacobs died. And in 1974, French producer Jean-Paul Gibbon purchased the rights from Apjack, and under this new management, a highly controversial director was chosen that forever changed the trajectory for Dune, and perhaps even for many of Hollywood's most famous films. More on him after the break. In 1975, Chilean director Alejandro Jodorowsky began working on his unorthodox production to bring Dune to life as a 10 to 14 hour long epic feature. He wanted it to star Salvador Dali as Emperor Shaddam IV, Orson Welles as Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, and even Mick Jagger as Fade Rautha, a role which Sting made indelibly famous in the 1984 film. After spending two years and more than two of a $9.5 million budget in pre-production alone, Jodorowsky was eventually removed from the project. To his credit, Jodorowsky tried to secure more funding from Hollywood Studios by sending them his proof of concept in the form of a production Bible, a phone book-sized conceptual guide of exacting detail packed with conceptual design art by Mobius, a.k.a. John Giroux, and H.R. Geiger, along with detailed storyboards which, to this day, is the only complete and intact example of Jodorowsky's vision for Dune. In 1976, famed producer Dino De Laurentiis bought the rights to all of the Dune novels, and hired director Ridley Scott, but after losing his brother Frank to cancer, and knowing that pre-production would take several years to fully bring his vision of Dune to life, Ridley decided to bow out. And once again, Dune fell into production purgatory. In 1981, Dino De Laurentiis found yet another new visionary, who could finally bring Dune to the silver screen once and for all or at least before the nine-year licensing agreement for the film expired. Coming off of huge critical acclaim for Eraserhead and The Elephant Man, director David Lynch was chosen to adapt and direct Dune, which history has recently proven to be no small feat. So, 
After 13 years of development hell prior to its 1984 release, it is understandable why Dune ultimately suffered at the box office. But whether you love it, are an apologist for it, or abjectly hate it, one thing is certain. Dune has survived the slings and arrows of pop culture and has carved out a special place for itself in the lexicon of science fiction fandom. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for December 14th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.